How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? Are you actually properly excited to be in church this morning? Let me tell you something. There's, there's no place that you could get. Like, how many of you like going home to eat your mother's cooked meal? Yeah, you, okay, all right, I'm just checking because, <laughs> but I know that for me, right, right now, I cannot, my mom is in Nigeria, right, but I happen to have a wife, right, so, like, I look forward to it, there's something about when I eat her meal that she's prepared, right, it, it, like, I feel delighted to eat it, not because there's a day she actually cooked and I was not hungry, but I told her I'm still going to eat it. Because you cooked it, right? And God has prepared something for you today. I hope you came hungry. I hope you came ready to be fed by the Father, right? Because he has prepared so much for us. And I want to actually invite you to the topic of today, right? Which is hearing and recognizing the voice of God. This is Takeover Sunday, so we're going to be gearing a lot of what we speak towards the younger audience, but I want you to understand that even for the older um, audience with us, that everything we say is applicable to your life as well, all right? So if you could give us the attention and the time this morning, I want you to pay attention and listen and diligently take notes as God is speaking to you because he has prepared something for you this morning. So on stage with me, I have... Two of the other ministers in Rising Generation Church, I am one. My name is Anwar Keridolu, and I have beside me one of the ministers. Oh, my name is Adana Iruna. And my fellow minister. Ty Crane. What? Ty Crane. I, I, I don't think the people who... That's not the name that people know you by. You what, wanted, what's your actual name? You wanted Minister Onyeka Emmanuel, but you got Ty Crane. What? Okay, anyways, his name is Oyeka Emmanuel. Don't, don't call him Ty Crane. We have delivered him from that name since like 2002, right? Yeah, amen, amen. Jesus is Lord, amen. But again, like I said, the topic of discussion today is hearing and recognizing the voice of God. And so we'll be going through some questions, and in those questions, we'll be giving some answers that we think will be helpful to us, especially in this day and age. Um, so, but before we do that, thank you, Minister Adana. We have the Rising Generation Confession. I'll let Minister Onyeka do it because he's, uh, he has a very special way of doing this one. So, can you lead us in the RG Confession? Okay. Everyone stand up, please. You knew this was coming. Come on now. You know the drill. Put your hand on your chest and let's say this with meaning. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. It is God speaking to me. My ears are attentive. My ears are attentive. My heart is receptive. My heart is receptive. And as I am taught the word, as I am taught the word, the seed of life will be planted. The seed of life will be planted. And it will surely grow down. Grow deep roots. Grow deep roots. It will grow People are messing me up. <laughs> and it will produce its fruit in me. May it be as you have said in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So let's jump right into it. Our first question, and if this sounds like something that you've thought about one or many times, that you should probably pay attention. The first question goes like this. Can everyone hear the voice of God? Right? That's the first half. And if everyone can, why is it actually important for us to hear God? 
first question is, can everyone hear God? In other words, is it just the pastor? Is it just, you know, the mighty people we see on posters? And if so, for me, who's not a pastor, why is it important for me to hear God? We could start with Minister Dana. So to the, the first question, not everybody can hear God. Not everyone. And if, if we're listening to the scripture, the scripture reading today, um, within the scripture reading, it says, my sheep hear my voice. It doesn't say everybody hears my voice. It says, my sheep hear my voice. So we need to define who's the sheep of God, right? The sheep of God is anyone who has declared with their mouth, you know, confessed with their mouth and declared in their heart that Jesus is Lord, right? That God raised him from the dead, right? And you became a born-again Christian. You believed in your heart. You believed that message of truth. We call it the good news, the gospel, right? You believed that message of truth and you became a Christian. Now you're a sheep of God. So now when Jesus is referring to that, where he said that my sheep hear my voice and the voice of the stranger they will not hear. So who can hear the voice of God, the sheep of God, the children of God, the born again believer can hear the voice of God. And why is it important to hear and recognize God's voice? We, we say it all the time that God is our father, right? He loves us so much. He gave, us so, gave up so much for us and he knows everything. Can you imagine like you're living life and you have somebody who knows every single thing from the beginning of your life to the end of your life? Why wouldn't you want to listen to him? Right? He wants to talk to you because he loves you. Right? He loves all of us. So he wants to talk to us. So it's important because that's how we receive guidance for life. Right? In, the, in scripture, it, t- it tells us that... Um, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. So in walking this life, in this journey of life, we need the truth to live appropriately, to be victorious. So that's why it's really important. That's very great. We need the guidance. We need to hear from God so that we'll be able to be guided in our daily lives. And to actually get that, you need to actually be a child of God, right? If, if you're not his child, you can actually hear him. Right, Minister Oyeka, do you have any any thoughts on oh, okay. that? Okay, I mean, um, sorry, this is catching me off guard. I totally wasn't prepared. As I open my forty pages of notes on this question, um, can everyone hear the voice of God? No, no, not everyone can hear the voice of God. Everyone can potentially. Hear the voice of God. Um, it's not like God chose some people and said you, you would never just be able to hear the voice of God. No. But not everyone can hear the voice of God because there are, what's the word? Should I say prerequisites to be able to hear the voice of God? Now, first of all, let's define what we mean by hear, right? So are we talking about physically hearing the voice of God? You know, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is hearing as to understand, as to recognize, as to respond to. You know, like when parents, when do you say to your child, did you hear me? <laughs> it's not when you have said something and they didn't do it. Like, did you not hear me? <laughs> you know, you're not, you, you obviously know they literally heard you. 
but it's like your actions are not showing that you heard me. That's what I'm talking about. So now, that's the hearing that not everybody can do. Um, so th- there's a very interesting thing um, regarding this uh, question I, I, like, I, I kind of want to point out, right? Um, if you go to, uh, I didn't give anybody this uh, scripture, so you're going to have to do this uh, good old-fashioned way by opening your actual Bible. It's not going to come up on the screen. <clears throat> um, so if you go to John 8, um, John eight forty two to 48, it says, Jesus said, then if God were really your father, you would love me for I've come from his presence. I didn't come here on my own, but God sent me to you. Why don't you understand what I say? Why don't you don't understand because your what your hearts are closed to my what message? You are the offspring of your father, the devil, and you serve the, your father, your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. He's been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth, for he is full of nothing. But lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is the master of deception and the father of lies. But I am the true prince who speaks nothing but the truth. Yet you refuse to believe and you can't, sorry, and you want nothing to do with me. You want what? Nothing to do with me, right? Can you name, wow, like my worldview just opened up. Um, can you name one sin that I've committed? Then if I am telling you the only truth, why don't you believe me? If you really knew God, you would listen, receive, and respond with faith to his words. But since you don't listen and respond to what he says, it proves you don't belong to him. And you have no room for him in your hearts. Check out their response. Some of the Jewish leaders shouted, you are nothing but a demon-possessed Samaritan. Right? So this is scenario number one. Right? These people, um, if you even go to John chapter 10, verse 20 to 31, um, it says, from verse 24, it even says, when the Jewish leaders encircled him and said, how much longer will you keep us in suspense? Tell us the truth and clarify for us once and for all. Are you really the Messiah, the anointed one? I think New King James said, speak plainly. Let us know plainly. Are you, you know, him? And Jesus answered, I've already told you the truth. What are you talking about? I've already told you the truth already, but you just don't believe me. The proof of what I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my father, yet you stubbornly refuse to follow me because you are not my sheep. As I've told you before, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know them and I know them and they will, will, is a guarantee, they will follow me. After saying all this, you know, after Jesus spat his little bars here, you go down to verse 31 and he said, when they heard this, the Jewish leaders were what? They were enraged. These are the people that cannot hear the word of God. They cannot hear God because they have already determined, they have closed their hearts to truth. So they can't, even if they tried. Now, by contrast, check this out. 
This is the last one. By contrast, if you go to um, John chapter 1, right, the verses are scattered all over, right? I'll start from verse 35 to 36. The next day, Jesus walked right past when John, where John and his two disciples were standing. John, gazing upon Jesus, pointed to him and prophesied, look, there's the, there's God's sacrificial lamb. Verse 37, and as soon as John's two disciples heard this, literally all, all John said was one phrase, there is God's sacrificial lamb. And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they did what? They left and followed Jesus. All they heard was one phrase. They didn't even see any miraculous sign. Why, why is it so easy for them to do that just after hearing one phrase? Verse 38. Um, actually, I'll skip. Let's go to verse 40. It says, one of the two disciples who heard John's words and began to follow Jesus was a man named Andrew. He first found his brother, Simon Peter, and told him, what did he tell him? We have found the anointed one. They were seeking God. Their hearts were open. So all it took was, they didn't even need miraculous signs. All it took was one phrase. And they easily followed. Um, if you go down to, uh, if you go down to, uh, I think verse 43, um, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee where he found Philip. Jesus said to him, come and follow me. One phrase, come and follow me. Jesus didn't come and say, I am he that came from the Lord, believe in me. He just literally randomly walked up to Philip and said, come and follow me. And Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel and told him, we have found him. We found the one we've been what? Waiting for. Do you see the difference in the hard posture between these people that easily hear God and recognize him to be God. What does come and follow me? In what way does come and follow me reveal that God is talking? Like what, what is the clue in that phrase? Nothing. The, what helped them understand was that they were already seeking God. Their hard posture was such that they were open to the truth. So when they came in contact with the truth, it was easy to recognize it. But then look at Nathaniel. Uh, is it Nathaniel? Is that his name? When Jesus, verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said, here comes the true son of Israel, honest man with no hidden motive. Nathaniel was stunned and said, um, but you've never met me. How do you know anything about me? Jesus answered to Nathaniel, right before Philip came, I saw you sitting under the shade of a fig tree. Nathaniel blurted, teacher, you are truly the son of God. Why is this important? Because in verse 46, in verse 46, actually from verse 45, um, <coughs> Philip, Philip, Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel and told him, we found him, the one, they, um, we found the one we've been waiting for is Jesus, the son of Joseph, Nazareth. He's the one whom Moses and the prophets prophesied would come. And Nathaniel did what? He sneered. Nazareth, what? What good thing can come from what? Nazareth. Because of that, Jesus had to give him a word of, uh, what is it called? Word of knowledge to prove to him that he was who he, So you see, Jesus had to go the extra mile to convince him because his heart posture was not the way the others were. So you see how your heart posture determines how easy it is for you to recognize the truth. So when we say not everyone can hear the truth. We're saying not everyone has the hard posture 
that is required to hear, to recognize the truth. I, I think that's a very, very amazing answer because you said the prerequisites for hearing, right, and the heart posture. The thing is, I, I remember the scripture in Revelations 3.20 where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he will be with me, right? In that space where he's with us, that's where you'll hear him. That's where you'll have those intimate times with him. But he says he's standing at the door. What, which door is he standing at? The door of our heart, knocking, knocking. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? What, what is the posture of your heart today? So if you're asking that question to yourself all the time, like, why is it important for me to hear God or I don't, I'm not hearing it? Maybe it's because in your heart, maybe you've, your heart is still a heart of stone, right? And that's the benefit of Jesus Christ. He came to give us a new heart of flesh, right? We don't have to do that ourselves. The heart posture is going to be taken care of if we allow Jesus into our lives. Truly, truly, truly allow him into our lives. I like where we stopped in the sense of heart posture, right? So hearing from God, you have to be a child of God. Now for somebody who says, like, my parents are always saying, God told me this, this is what God said to me, we are going to do this, let's, let's buy this new Mercedes because that's what God told me. <laughs> or your friends are saying, God told me this, God told me that. I remember when I was young, oh God, I used to, oh, I used to be like, God, why? You're talking to everybody but me. Like everybody, God told me this, God told me that, God told me this, God told me that. I'm doing this because God said it. God said that. God told me you are my wife. God told me you are my husband. God told me this person should go that way. God, I don't hear Jack. Jack and Jill, I don't hear. So how, does that mean I'm not a child of God though? Because we just said only the children of God can, can hear. Does that mean I'm not a child of God? Right, because for me, what does that do for a Christian with their identity? Not sure. Like, if I can't hear God, how am I sure I'm his child? Right? So how, how can we be sure that we're children of God first? And then what are the ways that we can understand that God is actually speaking to us? Maybe we're just not, like you said, our heart is not right to actually understand or hear him and recognize that he's the one speaking. Um, I'll start with a story. So... When, I don't know who was here when we were in Newark side, right, um, near the Penn Station. And I remember, like, every time I go to service, you know, Pastor Chinedu Emmanuel would say, like, you know, God said this, God said that. So I went home, and I said, God, like, why are you always telling Pastor something? Why not me? <laughs> you know, am I not your child? And I remember we went to the youth retreat, and um, I had already been praying, like, God, like, I want to understand the word more. Right? I had been praying about that because I opened the Bible and it was not of interest to me at all. I didn't, I was just like, this is so boring, I'll fall asleep. Right? And it was at the retreat that God answered that prayer. Like, I just went to my room and I opened the Bible and it was as if the words were speaking to me. Right? Like, though it, it just, it was jumping out at me. And then in my spirit, it was like, turn to this book, look here, look there. It was just like God was just explaining scriptures to me. And 
when we say like hearing God's voice is to recognize God's voice, to understand how he speaks, right? If you want to, um, when you go into your car, right, and you turn on the, um, the radio, you know, sometimes you hear, eh, because it's not on the right frequency, right? But when you turn it to the right frequency, you're able to hear the music playing. And so what am I talking about? I'm saying, like, for you to be able to recognize God's voice, you have to know his word, right? You have to immerse yourself in the word of God. Because there's no way that you will understand how God speaks if you don't actually dwell in this written word, right? You can't recognize the patterns of how God speaks because even Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, the enemy came speaking scripture, right? He was quoting scripture to him, but he was, you know, cutting off some parts of the, the scripture. So it's important for the child of God, for all of us children of God, to spend time in the word because you can be a child but you're still not hearing it depends on how much time you're spending with this word right the more you spend time with this word the holy spirit now actually has something to use to teach you to lead you into truth but if you're neglecting this word so many voices will come and you will not be able to recognize which one is god's because you don't understand how he speaks. Um, there's something I really, I, you know, being on, on God's frequency helps you know exactly when he's speaking. Being able to detect God's voice in the midst of all the other voices. How many of us, like, when we're going through life, right? Like, in our daily life, as you're thinking, your thoughts is one, then there are other thoughts that are coming, then there's, like, scripture sometimes. Like, there's so many voices and we need to be able to detect the one that comes from God. And how we know the one that comes from God is when we spend time in scripture, knowing what the scripture says, recognizing Jesus, knowing Jesus the more, right? Because in knowing Jesus, we actually know ourselves. We know, okay, like, that doesn't sound like God. That's not something that God would say. Even when the enemy comes to accuse me of something that I've done, how would I push, like, you know, shut him down? It's because I know what the word of God says, right? I know that Jesus took my iniquities. He took all the stuff, you know? Like, I'm able to shut, because the enemy uses guilt a lot. And you're like, oh, this is God. God is, like, throwing me into this guilt loop. And God is like, no, you don't know my voice. How do you recognize my voice is spending time in my word, Miss Noyeka, do you have any additional? No, let me check. I don't know. Oh, wow, what? That's crazy. I do. <laughs> it's almost like you sent me the questions ahead of time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm just going to scroll down to the question, which I probably should have been doing all the while that I was talking. All right. Um, so everything Adana said, I agree with... Um, being concerned with the word. I know this was something that drove me nuts like four years ago. Um, I'm glad my parents are there. So, you know, if I'm lying, they can always wink, wink at the audience if I'm lying. But I used to debate all the time, like, how, but how do you know God told you? But like, is it a voice? Like, did God talk to you in the third, in the third person? Did he say, Dorothy, you know, this, or did it come as, as if it was you? And 
at some point, I was just like, I couldn't understand why it was so easy for my dad, for people to just say, oh, God told me. And all I could say was, the thoughts just crossed my mind. I couldn't confidently even say God told me, you know. But um, at the end of the day, there came a point in my life where I said to God, whatever you tell me to do, I would do. I'm not going to go into the whole story, um, but just two weeks after that, that was when Pastor Victor, he's not here today, he made me the um, head of YAM. Not YAM, the food, YAM, Young Adult Ministry. Um, and it was, it was in that ministry that God began to teach me how to recognize his voice. <clears throat> Actually, more accurately, more accurately, rather than saying God taught me how to hear his voice, I should say God began to address the things that were hindering me from recognizing his voice. I think that's a more accurate way of saying what happened to me. And for me personally, one of the major things, in fact, let me just, let me show you the scriptures that, that delivered me from this inability to like recognize God's voice, right? Guys, please pay attention. I put in a lot of work to find where I wrote down these scriptures four years ago so that I can share it with you. Um, Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. Right, it says, for, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed uh, sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart so when when god started exposing the secret motives of my heart right all of it could be summed up in one one phrase i don't want to do your will all the secret motives of my heart back then could be summed up in one phrase i don't want to do your will right when you hear the word of God, it exposes the secret motives of your heart. People who, whose hearts are already like, no, I am my own God. I don't want to do your, I really, like, <clears throat> I really don't want to do your will. I'm just acting like I do, right? When they hear the word of God, that's when it triggers that um, enragement, that resistance. Yeah, I know the Bible said this, but I just feel like, have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I know the Bible says this, but it's just, I just feel like it's because in your heart, you don't want to do the will of God. But anyone, if, when you hear the word of God, if your heart, in your heart, your core, your core, your inner, your like, if you want to do the will of God, when you hear the word of God, you rejoice and you easily recognize and understand what God is saying. So God began to deal with me on that by subjecting me to human authority. <laughs> I failed in the choir. <laughs> I was so rebellious to Pastor Victor. I failed in the choir. God removed me and put me on that chuka. It's like, if you, don't, if you don't submit, if you don't learn to, to just, God, have your way in me, God will just keep transferring you from, from school to school. He can put you in this ministry. You rebel, rebel. You lose interest. He'll transfer you to another one until you learn that lesson, until you come to the point where you now subject yourself the moment you subject yourself to God and say, God, you know what? 
I'm ready to do your will. Hearing the voice of God becomes nothing. Like, God will talk. Honestly, God will talk and you will just know. You will just know he's God. He makes it plain. He, he speaks very plainly to people whose hearts want to do his will. If, if God's word is feeling like a riddle, check your heart. Do you really want to do his will? God only speaks in parables to people who are not really trying to do it. That's the only time God speaks in parables to you. If, if God sees you're trying to do it, he will plain up, come and let you know what he wants you to do. Like, it'll be so obvious. You won't be struggling. <laughs> um, let me read to you this verse. John seven seventeen says, If you want to test my teachings and discover where I received them, first be passionate to do what? God's will. And then you will be able to discern if my teachings are from the heart of God or just my opinions. First, be what? Passionate to do God's will. First of all, you have to, in your heart, want to do God's will. The moment you do that, the Bible, God himself promised, you don't have to do anything extra. In your heart, if you want to do God's will, you will be able to discern it. You'll be able to discern it. So, and this is in addition to what Adana said. Using the, but the more you fellowship in the word, the more you become conversant with God's will. And the more you become conversant with God's frequency. So, I think from what both of you had said, you need to have, yes, that heart that wants to already is desiring to actually obey God, right? And there's a scripture, I didn't put it in my, in my notes here, but it was coming to me as you were speaking, where it says the spirit that, that we have received is actually a spirit that wants to please God, right? We have not received the rebellious spirit. That was the, that was the nature we had before. But the new nature that we have received is actually one that eagerly wants to do the will of God. It's the spirit of Jesus, and we have the example in Jesus himself, in the way he lived on this earth. He said, I only want to what? Do what my father does. I only want to say what my father says. Now, that same spirit, that same spirit, right? So, the, the natural way of our lives is that we should find ourselves eagerly wanting to do the will of the father. And going back to your um, testimony of how this started, Adana, with you was... Like she said, in the retreat, there was already a yearning, a heart desire, right? So if you're not hearing, if it seems like everybody around you is hearing, but you don't, you're not sure, maybe it's time to just go into an intimate space and say, God, what are the hidden motives of my heart? Like, honestly, that, that in itself is a whole sermon. Motives are huge. Some people are coming to God because you just believe that if I come to Jesus, I'll become successful, you see Jesus as, as a crutch for you to use to walk. You see Jesus as your ticket out of the, I'm not going to use that word. <laughs> you, see, you see Jesus like your ticket to get rich. You see Jesus, he's, he's a tool to us, whereas we need to come to know him for who he is, the son of God, the living one, our savior. In doing that, we will receive that spirit. And it will surely like want to do the will of the Father. Why the scripture says that we cannot go on sinning? Why does it say that? Because it's not possible. 
The spirit that is in us does not want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Right? So we have to, we ourselves, to continue and consistently hear from God, we have to give our, our minds over to God. Let the Holy Spirit take control. Let him transform us, right? Romans 12, 2, is it? Romans 12, 2, it says that you let the Holy Spirit transform the way you think. Then you will know the will and the desires of the Father, right? So I just want to add, uh, there's a scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In TVT, it says the true children of God are those who let God's Spirit lead them. So in line with, you know, like wanting to do the will of God, being led means that you have to follow. Like you're behind. You're not in front. And oftentimes we stand in front. We're like, oh, we want to do what we want to do. Like we feel like a lot of times it's like, oh, I feel like doing this. And we often go with feelings. But God is saying, no, let me lead you. And if I'm leading you, you're not in the driver's seat. You're behind. You're like being driven, right? And the Holy Spirit is now letting you know, like, this is the way to go. This is the... Because, again, going back to the heart, uh, the heart posture, right? Your heart is like, God, you are my master. And I think it was an RG Friday where we were singing Adonai. And we, we came to learn that it means master, so if we can truly say, Jesus, you are my master, I want you to lead me, then the spirit of God will freely lead you. And then you begin to hear and you begin to recognize because now your heart is like at a place of like, God, I want to do whatever you want, you want me to do. I'm no longer led by my feelings, by my flesh, by what other people are saying, because sometimes we just go with what other people are saying because they think they know better. Right? We go with human wisdom. But God is like, no, my wisdom is separate. My thoughts are higher. So when you are willing to let me lead you, those are the people that God is calling the true children of God. Those who are led. Let me just uh, add this, right? If you read Matthew 13, 10 to 15, of course, we're going to go with TPT. Then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, why do you always speak to people in the in these hard-to-understand parables, he explained, you've been given the inmate, sorry, I say inmate, <laughs> intimate, not inmate. <laughs> intimate, <laughs> intimate experience of insights into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. <clears throat> For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough but those who don't listen with an open heart with an open teachable teachable heart even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them that's why i teach these people using parables now pay attention to this verse this is the key here they think they are looking for the truth they do what they think I remember this because the day, I remember I was in South Orange Village and I was in a restaurant. I can't remember if it was Starbucks. I was there. I didn't order any food. I just sat there and I was crying, thinking about the direction my life was going spiritually, physically, career-wise, everything. And I was crying. And after crying, I just said, God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. When Pastor Victor made me head of Young Adult Ministry, 
That's when I realized that was just a comment I made. <laughs> that was just a comment I made. Because a lot of things Pastor Victor will ask me to do, I'll be like, no, I'm not doing this. Because, but when I said that thing in tears, I was so convinced that whatever God, man, I want to do whatever you told me to do. But the truth got exposed. You see, the truth got exposed when I was now put in a situation where I had to now actually do what God wanted me to do. So these people, they think, like, you can be so convinced that you, you, man, I want the truth. God, I want your will. Your will be done, Father. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as... Be so convinced. God is just there like, look at, look at this guy. <laughs> you know, and then when they just, ordinary your ministry head tells you, please, submit this thing. Friday, why are we doing this thing every time? You start arguing with your ministry head. And God is like, whoa. <laughs> what? No. Guys, they think, they think they are looking for the truth. But yet, but they are, but um, yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never what? Discover it. Yeah. This was the trap I was in. God had to deliver. It took years. God had to like, God is still working on me. I'm still being ironed though. But like, <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, so now that we've kind of established that everybody here, you know, in one way or the other, maybe they didn't used to hear from God before, but after those few questions, they kind of know what they're going to do. They know that they're children of God, right? The question is, if, if I'm hearing from God, is there a way it's supposed to sound like? Like you, you seem to touch on that a little bit. Like, am I supposed to hear God audibly? Like when, when you hear from God, what exactly do you mean? Like I heard from God. I know you said the spirit is led by the spirit. Is this like, okay, I'm going to hear like somebody say, okay, I know do that. And then yes. Or is it a feeling or do I just know? And I just do it. What exactly does it sound like? Especially for me, who is like, maybe I'm just young. I just gave my life to Christ. I really don't know. What does it sound like? So don't go seeking for audible voice. That's number one. Like, don't look for an audible voice, right? As you're spending time with the word of God, you will begin to see, like, scriptures will start rising in your heart. And you can go in prayer and you're asking God a question and then all of a sudden, scripture, a scripture just pops up in your heart. That's God speaking to you. And it deals with exactly what you're asking. That's God speaking to you. Sometimes for me, it's just my own thoughts. It's just general thoughts. Why, why am I able to say like God spoke to me through my thoughts? It's because I've been giving myself to the word. Right? As you yield yourself to the word then it will just come like a thought. And you just recognize that it's God. And what is that thought? It's coming from your spirit, right? It's rising up from your spirit to where you can understand what the Holy Spirit is communicating to you, right? So it can just be like a simple thought, but it's not everybody who should just go by their own thoughts because, again, you have to yield yourself to the word of God, right? For it to now, he says... Um, what. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
say the rest? No, no. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, there's another scripture I'm looking for where it says um, he will give you the desires of your heart. What? What? Ha- you asking me to finish it. <laughs> That's how I've gone in the wrong direction. Oh my God. Um, do you guys remember that scripture? Yeah, he'll, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But the beginning of it. Um, I, I don't remember. The okay, scripture. everybody's saying Psalms 37. Let's turn to Psalms 37, verse four. Okay. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. Yes. Delight yourself in the Lord. Then he will give you the desires of your heart. But first, you have to delight yourself. What is delighting yourself in the word is giving yourself to the word. Rejoicing in that word. Spending time in that word. Eating it like it's food. Because it is bread that God has given us, right? You marinate in it. And then it says he will give you the desires of your heart. What are those desires? It's the things that are coming from the word that you've been spending time with, right? So in being led, in recognizing God's voice, it can just come as a thought or it can come just as you're spending time in the word of God, a scripture just pops up. Or somebody's talking and they're saying something dealing with like what you are already been asking God about and you just recognize that it's God talking to you. That has happened to me so many times. There are times when I wake up and I'm just like, oh, like what about this thing? What about this thing? And I open my email and there's literally something dealing with exactly what I ask God about verbatim. And I'm like, thank you, God, for that word. And, it's, and I also want to say like we have to, we have to have a response of gratitude. When we hear God speak to us, our response should be like, thank you, God. It should be a heart of like thankfulness. Like, God, thank you for answering this this prayer for me. Thank you for speaking to me. And it's so beautiful to talk to God because when you're talking, it just, it feels like conversation. You're just having a, we can go on and on, right? Like in that conversation, God is still speaking, you know? Sometimes I wake up in the morning and, you know, from my sleep, there are things that come into my mind and I start writing it down. And then more is coming and I just keep writing. And we're just, like, it's just like a, a conversation between me and God. Is it that I'm hearing an audible voice? No, I'm not. But it's just rising up in my spirit and I just recognize that it's God. Oh, there are a bunch of... Uh ways God speaks to us, dreams and visions and this and but I'm not going to focus on all that. I'm going to focus on the primary way that he's going to speak to you. Um, so, um, and even to add to what you said, even the scripture that says abide in me and my words abide in you, um, let my words ab- abide in me and let my words abide in you, then ask what you want. Why didn't the Bible say ask what I want? Why did he say ask what you want? Because if you truly abide in God, and you allow God's words abide in you, what you want will be what he wants. That's why he's confident enough to say, ask what you want. It'll, it'll, just, it'll be my will. You know? But anyway, if you go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 16, this was the scripture that opened my eyes to God's voice. It's not now for this panel discussion. It's years ago that God like really um, started showing me these things. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 16, it says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets no one can know a person's thoughts except the, that person's own spirit for no one can know God's thoughts and no one can know God's thoughts except who God's own spirit and when and we have received God's spirit not the world's spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given to us <coughs> when we tell you these things we do not use words that come from human wisdom instead we speak words given to us by the spirit using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths but people who aren't spiritual can't understand these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. <coughs> verse 16, this is the key. Pay attention to this verse. For we can know the Lord's thoughts. Sorry, for who? For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for what? For what? We have what? We have the mind of Christ. Your mind and God's mind is fused. So a lot of times when God is talking to you, it feels like you're the one just thinking it. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of times when God is talking to you, it feels like what? You're the one that is just thinking it. I'll give you a solid example. I have so many examples, but I'll give you the most recent example I have this morning. Right? I had written my notes, you know, to prepare for this conversation because you're all such awesome people. You know, I wanted to put my best foot forward. And then I usually write my notes in one note. And the only time I upload my notes to Google Drive is when I want them to display scriptures. If not, I never, right? Tell me, am I lying? If not, I don't, I have a lot of things I don't send to them if I don't want them to upload it. I'm telling you, at 6 a.m. today, the Spirit of God woke me up. <laughs> okay, let me not make it sound spiritual. I woke up at 6 a.m. I say the Spirit of God woke me up because I know it was the Spirit of God that woke me up. Because I don't wake up at 6 a.m. I woke up at 6 a.m., right? And then, the thoughts just occurred to me. Upload this sermon to Google Drive. Upload this sermon to Google. I knew it was God. I knew, as soon as the thought came, I knew it was God. I was like, yes, Lord. I knew it was God, but I'm going to despiritualize it to show you how normal it feels when it happens. The thought just crossed my mind. Upload this thing to Google Drive. So I just went to my computer, uploaded it to Google Drive. I came to church, like, during praise and worship, I was like, okay, let me open up my notes, get ready to come up here. My one note said, cannot sink. <laughs> I said, wait, what? It said, cannot sink. I entered my password, cannot sink. Couldn't open my notes. I said, well, open up Google Drive, put on my notes. That's what I'm using. Do you see how normal an experience that was? Did anything feel spiritual in what I said? Did anything feel like supernatural? Like, oh my God, a voice said to me, my son, in whom I am well pleased, upload your notes. No. Hearing the voice of God is a very normal, natural experience for a believer. Or at least it should be. Like, if you, if you allow God's words to abide in you, 
and you abide in God's words. When a thought crosses your mind, likely it's likely God. It's not that every thought is God, but when it's not God, you will know. You will know. You, you understand what I'm saying? But it's not going to come like some wave of feelings or some wave of, it's just going to come like, oh, I just, like Paul, how did Paul say it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit? Yeah. That was how Paul said, it just, I don't know, it just felt good to me <laughs> to do it. And it turned out to be God. You understand what I'm saying? Do you remember when, was it um, Caiaphas that said, is it not better to sacrifice one man than for the whole this thing? Do you think that dude knew God was the one talking through him? Did he know? In his mind, he probably was like, I don't know, this makes, it just makes sense that Jesus should be the one to die. <laughs> In his mind. But the Bible said it was God. <laughs> and go and read the Old Testament about people God wanted to destroy. <laughs> How they just, their thoughts, it was just, they just felt like, oh, you know what, I should do this. God didn't verbatim come and tell them. But it turned out that that thought, it was God. Because God sought to destroy them. It happened to, um, it happened to Pharaoh. It happened to, um, I think, David's son, Absalom. God is not going to destroy you. But I'm just saying that a lot of times when God talks to you, it's literally just like you're the one thinking. That's why you can't follow God without what? Faith. You can't. It requires, do you know how many times? Like, it takes faith. Because God, when God speaks, God is not going to say it is me. <laughs> He's not going to say that. So without faith, it is impossible. It is what? impossible to follow God without faith. It is not possible. He would, he almost, would, I mean, maybe you've had experiences. He almost would never come and say, it is I, the Lord, your God, saying this thing. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I think those are, those are very, very excellent things. And I'm sure that that has answered a lot of questions for a lot of people. Um, I'd, I'd, if you have time later, I'd invite you to read First Kings 19, verse 11 to 13. You could take it in your notes. That's when Elijah was hearing from God and then the wind and the earthquake and everything. And you know how that panned out. Not to say that you're going to hear a voice, but to say that you shouldn't, in hearing from God, our goal should not be looking for an ex- a spectacular encounter of hearing, right? It's in the everyday. It's in every day, right? The same way Oyeka's testimony was simple. You've had many encounters yourself where you can know by yourself that, man, this was God telling me, right? And just like your father is speaking to you, he doesn't have to tell you, oh, I am your father. Listen to me. No, he just comes and he just talks to me regularly. He can even like casually just say it. And that's the thing. We have to be so in tune with God that way that he can just talk to us in any moment, right? In your car, he can tell you, go do this. Immediately you recognize it and you're able to do it, right? Also pay attention to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Right when God, like like was mentioned, God speaks to us in in our spirit. It's spirit to spirit conversation, right? But that is the way He will use to communicate, like a lamp. Right, your spirit, like a lamp, you you light the dark areas. That's what God uses. That's His lamp in your life, right? Your spirit is the way He uses to light and tell you this is the way to go. So. Pay attention. It's so funny because earlier this year, God, I remember it was like the night in, uh, he was like, learn to trust your spirit. 
And I didn't understand it, but the more I went through this year, the more I started to understand that indeed God has really brought me together with his spirit. Right? So it says, take captive every thought that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. You are constantly every day by the help of the Holy Spirit and the word of God renewing your mind so you can trust your spirit who is the lamp of God that God is using to guide you. All right. One last question before we go. Yeah, I know. Oh, they increase our time. Thank you. God bless you guys. Amen. Okay, two questions. All right. Um, When I hear that you can stay, it's fine. When I, oh, I actually, I think this question, we kind of already um, answered it in there, right? But it's how to differentiate between the voice of God and the enemy, right? What did I just say? The scripture is our basis, right? God cannot say anything. Like you cannot be hearing something in your spirit that violates the written word of God. It's not possible. It's impossible for God to lie. So if he wrote it in the Bible, it's almost like he's saying, at least you can go back to this one, right? You, you ever like, you ever like, want to do something, maybe for couples here, it's probably easier, or for young children, like you want to do something, but you just know. There's just something that's just not giving you that release to just like do it. They, like you, you know this is the way, like let me use myself as an example. Yesterday I was going to do something, right? I was going to pay some, a lot of money for something, but I was like, let me call my wife, right? The moment she started talking and we started doing everything, like, I was just free to do it, right? All of that stuff, because she was talking to me, we were evaluating the whole thing, we evaluated, we made a decision, and we moved forward, right? Now, in that same house, nobody will know, but I had another person come, and they were like, they were telling me another thing, oh, I have a mover who can come from this place, they will do it, it's cheaper, all of that stuff. But I was just like, it sounded good. But the moment I called my wife, once she said it, I was just like, you know, we're just going to do that, right? And it's like, how do you, like, differentiate that voice? How do you make sure that you're not, you're hearing, but you're not following the voice of the enemy, right? You take every, this thing is cutting a lot. You take captive every, you take captive every thought, right? You're not allowing these words to take root in you. You're only allowing the words of God to actually take root in you, and that is what is leading your life. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys have in your life where you, these are how you, aside from the word of God, which is our backbone, are there any other ways that you in your life have been able to tell, like, man, this is not God? I mean, again, the, the thing is the Bible, but is there any other way that you could tell that this is not God? Praise the Lord. So, aside from the Bible, there's no, <laughs> there's no other way that you would know that is, is not God, right? So, I, I remember a time, a couple years ago, God had said something to me in my heart. But given the teaching that we're hearing from, you know, the church... I was like, if, if it's God, it's going to align with the scripture. So I said, God, if this is you, then give me a scripture to back this up. You get what I mean? I had to go to God. I'm like, God, give me a scripture to back that this is you. And it wasn't until I was fellowshipping like a year later 
right? And I was just looking through the scriptures, and I just found the word, and it just clicked in my mind. I just remembered. And God was like, this is the scripture you are looking for. And I was like, wow, okay, God, thank you that you gave me that scripture. Does it have to be a year later? No, it doesn't have to be a year later. I, for me, I was still growing, right? And I was still, like, searching scripture. So that's why, like, for me, it took a little, a little bit longer. But what I'm going to say is that, like, to differentiate, there's, there's sometimes when you're thinking, right? And there are things that, you know, like, you're thinking about something that someone did, and you're just like, like, I'm so angry, I'm so upset, you know? Like, and then the action that you want to take is not from a place of love. It's not God. <laughs> because you want to retaliate, you want to take revenge. It's not God. How do we know it's not God? Because it's from the word. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. It's not yours, right? So this is like how you know, like, you, you put it back to the word. What does the word of God say, right? And that's how you, you begin to recognize, like, when things come in your heart, like, when, when there are decisions that you have to make and you're just, like, you're being pressured, to make the decision right now, right now, right now. God is like, I'm not in a haste. <laughs> you begin to recognize the pressure is not God pressuring you to do that. So everything always lines, goes back to the word of God. Is As you give it time, those things will come up like in your memory and you're just like, this doesn't sound like God. You begin to detect, this sounds like the enemy. And it might look like it's God. Because not everything is straightforward like that. But then it, it comes with skill, right? The skill of practicing the word, of using the word. Are we going to mess up? Yes, we're going to mess up. We might not always get it right. But God is a good father. He will correct you. He will come back and say, my daughter, my son, this is not the way. Right? So we can trust God to be faithful to lead us. We can trust him. But it's just like, again, acting on faith and just stepping out. Why don't you just step out? Let God be the one to correct you. If you believe you heard from God, just step out and do it. And he will correct you if it's wrong. But if you never step out and you're just standing in one place forever, you'll be standing there like, God, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Is it? You'll never make a decision in your life. But just step out in faith. And trust the Father to be faithful to correct you if you do wrong. Um, while, while you're still there, because it, it's probably easier, right, for people to say, okay, if, if you have the feeling of take this person's thing or you're feeling angry, to quickly recognize that's not God. In a situation where, like, two things don't seem bad. Like, say you're looking for a job, right, and you have two offers, Right. How would you, like, Onyeka, you could give an example on this. Like, you can't say this. How do you know, like, the one God is telling you versus, like, these two options are great. Six figures, everything, work from home, nice benefits. They're all nice. So how do you know which one, God, which direction are you leading me? Wow, it's, uh, it's weird because I just went through that last year. Is that why you asked me? <laughs> um, so... How do I put this politely? God, give me the words. Um, you don't, you don't, let me read the scripture. Let the word of God say it. <laughs> let me read the scripture for you. Right. Psalm 32, 8 says, 
I will instruct you, right? That's number one. And I will teach you in the way you should go, right? Uh, if you go to Isaiah 48, 17, it says, this is, what, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you. A lot of times as believers, we want to separate instruction from teaching, right? So what I mean by instruction from teaching is, oh, I want to get married. God, who is my wife? Who is my husband? Instruct me, right? But you don't want to sit down in God's school where he teaches you over time his ways. And the two are connected. You understand what I'm saying? The two are connected. If you ignore the teachings of God, you will miss the instruction. You can't ignore the teaching. So the, there's a scripture that says, uh, I think it's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in, in some of what you do. And he will show you which path to take. So just in some, like, you know, major ones, marriage, career, like just the major ones. No? In all, all, all that you do, right? There are people that selective, <laughs> selective listeners. It's only the, the, the ones that, that ah, this is a major, this one will really mess up my life if I mess up. Then they seek God. But in every aspect of their life, ah, we good. <laughs> the guarantee, God guarantees that he will make it clear which path you should follow. You don't have to do too much. Honestly, you don't have to really do too much. He will make it clear. On the premise that you do what? You seek his will in what? All. All that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've come to the point where you were not seeking God's will in all that you do, and then you're faced with a major decision and you want to know what God wants you to do, good luck. I don't really have an answer. All I can tell you is pray. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Pray, ask God for wisdom. That's really what I can tell you. You really shouldn't wait to that point. In your everyday, in your everyday, seek God's will in all that you do. Have a hard posture, God, I want to do your will. So that when you now face those decisions, without stress, you would know what to do. Like my major in my master's, God told me. I, I didn't go through drama to know what it was. <laughs> the job I have, I, God told me it was going exactly how, exactly how God told me to play out. Is, uh -uh, Chiamaka is there. They were all trying to help me get job. Every company was rejecting me. I was like, but God told me, when I get this job, the company themselves will reach out to you. God verbatim told me that. And that's exactly how I got my job. The company reached out to me. I didn't apply. So, but this, this, this clarity, you can't focus on God instruct me in this thing, but ignore all the other things. That's not the way it works. If that's what you're doing, good luck. Like, honestly, I, I don't know how, I don't know. I, I really don't know if there's a scripture to help you in such a situation. But I can say that even with that, right, you can still always pray. You know, the Bible said if you lack wisdom, ask of him. You can always pray. The Bible says do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to him. And the peace of God will guard your heart. 
you know. And if you're in a situation where you're unsure, you're not sure which way to go, this scripture is for you, right? <clears throat> Romans 14, 23 says, but the one who has misgivings, feelings, bearings, uh, sorry, uh, misgivings, feelings, uh, feels miserable if he eats meat because he doubts and doesn't eat in faith for anything we do that doesn't spring from what faith is sin. If you're not sure what to do, so just wait. Don't act in doubt. The Bible says anything that springs, that doesn't spring from faith is what? It's yeah. sin. Besides, why would you want to get into a situation without a word that is anchoring you for when things get tough? You can also seek counsel. In Proverbs eleven fourteen, it says, without wise leadership, a nation fails. There is safety in having many advisors. Proverbs fifteen twenty two: plans go wrong with lack of advice. But with advisors, with many advisors, plans succeed. Seek counsel. Pray about it. If you're not sure what to do, just wait. Just wait. Wait. Seek counsel. You understand? Seek counsel. But ultimately, please do not wait to when you're in that situation. Because what helped me was that I didn't wait to when I was in that situation. I allowed God to teach me over the years his ways. So when I was now in that situation, it was like a piece of cake. It wasn't a struggle. Amen? Amen. Um, you already answered the last question kind of in there. The last question was, is there anything that we, sh what are the things we could talk to God about? But as we've just heard, we could talk to God and we should talk to God about everything. Everything. Acknowledge him in everything. No matter how small, acknowledge him in everything. Can we all just rise up on our feet? Don't worry, the service is not going longer. We're just rearranging things. I have a word for the church that God gave me three weeks ago. Right? This is what God told me. One of the things that is blocking his church from knowing his voice is that they have no reverence for him. Reverence. The fear of God is sorely lacking in the world and in the church. People use the name of God to crack jokes. They use the name of Jesus to crack jokes. You use the Holy Spirit's name to crack what? Jokes. You see it on social media and then as a child of God, you take that and you imitate it. The name of God doesn't carry weight with you. The name of Jesus doesn't do what? It doesn't carry any weight with you. So how can his will carry any weight with you? How can his word carry any weight with you? You don't reverence God. And because you don't reverence God, God doesn't give you plainly the things that you need. His word speaks in parables. You can't understand it because you don't reverence it. He doesn't give his secrets to what? To people who don't cherish it. He doesn't do that. That's the word God gave me for the church. There's a lack of reverence. Please. You, I know we are not under the law. But the Bible said, don't use my name in what? In vain. 
I know we are not under the law, but the, the, the spirit behind that is still active. That, that is essentially saying, reverence me. My name should be sacred. The Bible said in the last days, nothing will be what? Sacred. Nothing will be sacred. Nothing. So you see people coming, cracking. I've, 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 I've also, I've also, there was a video I made. I exposed myself to my dad. I made a video where I was cracking a joke about, oh, don't you see my car is red, it's covered in the blood of Jesus. And then my spirit said to me, don't you dare make a joke about the blood of Jesus. This is the name that you see in heaven and the angels bow. Like you just said it. And the angels bow and say, that's the lamb. And they bow down and start worshiping. That's how sacred the name of Jesus is in heaven. And if Jesus said, let your will be done on earth, exactly how it is, what? I haven't been to heaven. But if you read Revelations, just see how hallowed. How what? Hallowed. God is. That their angels constantly circling the throne. Just constantly. All they are doing for eternity is just doing what? Holy, holy. Holy, holy is the Lord. That's the same God. You're cracking jokes. You're cracking. So if you culture your mind to treat his name casually, why will you not treat his word casually? That is why when God is speaking through people, you devalue them. Because you have no fear of God. You don't reverence God. So tell me, child of God, how can you recognize God's voice if you devalue him? Explain that to me. Amen.